You've got to have these seminal moments in your life. I'm a divorced father, I'm a stepfather, I'm a husband again. Now that your job is gone and probably not coming back, what do you do? Welcome to the Just Life Podcast. It is our hope that the gritty, real, and uncensored insights we share with you here will help you get your shit together as you explore and discover what it takes to living your best life on your terms. Episode three of a special series on purpose. What is it? How do you find yours? And this is all the lead up to an event that's up and coming in January called A Day on Purpose. With us, I have Richard Booker, who is the mastermind behind the event. Thanks for coming, Richard. Thanks, David. And then we have a guest, Raven. Raven? Raven. Raven. I like Raven. It's kind of... No? It, it, it could be a rap name. Yeah. It could be a rap name. It yeah. was my rap now. <laughs> All right. So the connotations of being we'll, made fun of as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. fair. We'll we'll stick with Raven then. Okay. Raven Murthy, thank you so much for, for you, being Raven. here. Raven is um uh is it, he's on the panel, right? Or is he speaking? He's on the panel, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. on the panel. So um, you're going to share a little bit at A Day on Purpose about purpose yes. and about your journey inside of purpose. Absolutely. And what this uh, podcast is about is to really just get a behind-the-scenes kind of teaser, get a sense of who Raven is, why is he so cool, what uh, what is it about uh, what was the challenge about uh, finding and, and exploring to understand your purpose? What was that? And so we'll we'll do a little bit of teaser, and I'll I'll give Richard the mic here, and you guys have at her. Okay, thanks, David, and thanks for doing this, Raven. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So we met. We were actually we were just talking about this that That's we right. were um, both doing some stuff with CBC. So yes. Raven, for our listeners, is on the unconventional panel. So listen to CBC Radio for that. Um, and, and I was doing some work as the get a job guy with also uh, at this same event. That's right, yes. And um, sort of became instant friends, as I recall, and we stayed in touch and have, as a result, yes. had a number of conversations about purpose. You're my downtown therapist. <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah, the, the roving Dr. Phil. Yeah. Um, we share the same hairline. You and him. Yeah, it's not you. Yeah. God, no. <laughs> Certainly not. I'd trade that for a heartbeat. <laughs> Anytime you want to, let's I, let me know. I think you just got to, like, wipe it. <laughs> just do it. Just sport my style. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've had a few people recommend that, but I'm not sure. At any rate, I recall having some conversations with you about that, which is why I, I thought you would be an incredible addition to this panel that we're going to start our day with. Um because from what you've shared with me about your own personal journey uh, and figuring out, you know, that second of two questions that uh, Mark Twain talks about, you know, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born. The second is the day you figure out why. So that's what the day on purpose is, that second piece. And you've been sort of ruminating about that over in our conversations yes. over the time we've known each other. I wonder if you'd be comfortable talking a little bit about what that's been like for you that figuring it out spending time with you or figuring it out? Yeah. <laughs> the latter okay thank you though um figuring it out you know um it has been um easy to go through that process uh by talking to you and i'm not because this is your your thing that mm -hmm. i'm not just complimenting you but i think it's been um, it's been a struggle. It's been a journey. You talked about being the get a job guy, and I think that was really a catalyst. You've got to have these seminal moments in your life. 
um, for me, okay, because obviously the day you were born, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a divorced father, I'm a stepfather, I'm a husband again, um, I've got a lot of balls in the air. Um, and then you layer on that in, in this space in the Calgary area, the economy and, mm -hmm. and how we met. Yeah. Essentially, we met because you were counseling people through now that your job is gone and probably not coming back, what do you do? Right. Um, so I, it, was, it was very easy for me to, uh, to gravitate towards those conversations and appreciate that. Um, you know, some of us were able to you know, land and, and luckily are very quickly on our feet. Um, but it, it, the, the scale and the magnitude of what's happened here has given, I think, me definitely, cause to say, well, what, what are we really doing here? Like, what is the purpose? Mm -hmm. You know, are we, did we just come here um, and, and people have descended upon this, uh, this city at the base of the mountains to do what exactly? Extract hydrocarbons from the ground and then do what? Mm -hmm. So I think I, it's given me cause to think and grow um, amazingly in the last five years uh, around that. And who do I want to be? And what, what's the legacy I want to leave behind uh, when I'm done? So that's, it's an interesting question because um, when you ask that fundamental, like, what are we really here for? What is that? Is this it? Like extracting hydrocarbons yeah. from the earth and, <laughs> and then transmitting it to someplace else? Well, not always. Well, no, yeah. well of course, yeah. <laughs> certainly not. Yeah. Uh, but that's a different conversation. Uh, so then how on Monday morning do you get up and go do that? Um, so... I'm in a different job now, funnily enough, but uh, still in the business. But I think the, the important thing for me is so it that kind of seminal series of moments, I guess, that led to what, what we'll call the commodity price crash has led me to sort of look and go, okay, well, what do I do? And one of the things that I thought you were great at extracting out of me, what are the other things that I can do? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure, I know how to, I know how to build the Lego. Mm -hmm. in order to do this. And I think there's a lot of people in, in town, in this industry, worldwide, that can build Lego. So it caused me to reflect and go, well, what are the difference makers about me? And that's, that's the thing that I like to think that people don't necessarily see. We all think we're not good enough. Right. And if I look at the group that you have assembled for this day on purpose, I feel hugely out of my depth. Really? I feel like, wow, there's some impressive people who have gone through some pretty cool things um, and come out the other side and are better for it. And when I listened uh, to some of the uh, some of the earlier uh, episodes of this podcast or episode one related to this, I'm like, wow, there's some people out there, and and there's some people out there, you know, getting their shit together. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and there's some people right here. I'm talking to one of them <laughs> for the record. But I, but I but I think that's the thing. We don't know what we're capable of mm. until we're pushed. And that's, yeah. it's kind of like, it's a cool thing about humans mm. um, because, you know, some animals in the wild, they'll just roll over and be like, all right, you yeah. know, that, I'm, there's the lion. Yeah. I'm done. Right. Um, so it's a cool thing about humans. But I think one of the, one of the worst parts about humans is we fail to see our potential unless we hit adversity. Right. Which is kind of a, it sounds like a little bit of a genetic defect, I think, you know. Well, it, 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 you're right, because uh, it's one of the things that led me to write a book about it and mm -hmm. certainly to, to host this day, mm -hmm. because there's so many people that are now forced into the situation of having to come up with this big answer. My, my desire to have you part of this, part of this day was 
the, the the thoughtfulness you bring to this and you're not you're not chicken about it like you're not uh you're not skipping stones across a pond the conversations I we've had well i can teach you how to do that yeah, yeah. like me too actually i'm pretty nice. good and, and some big sizable ones okay. too if you want <laughs> um but you're not uh you're, you're not sh running away or asking just surface questions you're really peeling back the layers in in all of our conversations and i i, I we'll, we'll get into more of that on the day but mm -hmm. um it uh, so for me, what you were sharing with, resonates so much with pieces of conversations I've had with other people, and some of whom I I allude to in my book, and mm -hmm. and I'm sure some of the people will be in the room who are going to identify with, yeah, I, I know what that feels like, and boy, I've felt that before, and I that question is one I have right now. Yeah. Um, so in the midst of all of that, you keep chugging along. And uh, most often I see a smile on your face, just right. like right now. Okay. And not necessarily having all the answers. So how do you do that? So you're not gonna you're not gonna forget them. But I think um, so. I'm 43 years old, and I think that puts us at a very interesting uh, demographic. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I wouldn't know exactly what that number is, but um, the previous generation. My, you know, my, when I look at my parents, I think you know there was a plan for them, right? Mm -hmm. It's get some kind of education or trade or whatever it is um, and go out, do that, have a job, have two and a half kids, um, get a car, make sure, uh, you know, get a house. Um, you have to buy a house because home ownership is very important. Yep. We do all those things. Uh, and then you have these two and a half kids. I'm a family of three. Mm -hmm. um, so my parents were slightly more ambitious, I think. Uh, but we, um, so there was a plan for them. And I think there was a plan for us too, which was essentially replicate that, but be better and, and, and be more peaceful and have, you know, make, take use of technology. And all of a sudden things just exploded on us. Mm -hmm. And our place in this world has suddenly shrank. Um, and we've got to reinvent ourselves as a generation and understand that purpose. So that's really what keeps me going is mm -hmm. that we've got to figure out you know the, the young the younger generation is coming up as you can see with all the things that are happening around the economy around climate mm -hmm. um they are having their voice heard at 14 15 16. we would never dare right. have our voice heard at 14 15 16. so uh when i look at that it's like we're on this constant journey here and some days it feels like a battle some days it's awesome some days you're in a room with like-minded people and you're having a laugh and you're thinking you know Life's not that bad. We're all on this lovely voyage together. You know, you said something uh, in one of the previous episodes about the being in an LRT car that gets lifted mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about that and I'm like, so some days when you're in that car and it's everybody that's in your boat and you're kind of like, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. And I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and then some days you get in, in front of people and you're like, wow, I, I'm totally lost. Mm -hmm. um, so I, the long answer to your question is, that's the adventure, isn't yeah. it? Like, if life were boring, right? I, I think we'd probably have a lot of better things, but then it wouldn't necessarily be for us. Right. Right? And as, a, as the title of the book says, it's enough to be on your way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The excitement is in the discovery. Because to your point, if we would actually have it all laid out for us, and then we would just follow those steps, much like it was done with our parents. Yeah. Um, well, now we're waiting for something. It wouldn't be enough. We're, we'd be waiting for something else now 
to to show up and provide that measure of meaning and fulfillment. And it is unfortunate that it's that it has to be um, the challenge, the uh, the struggle. Um, but I got it created for me a while back. We actually don't know what we want until we are clear what we don't want. Mm. The problem is most people go belly up and say, oh, okay, I guess this is just what I got. But that's not the point. The point of it was to understand that that's not what you want. So go explore over here. Don't roll over. And this is the thing that uh, is unfortunate for most people is they just don't realize they don't even know it's an option. Uh, that part uh, blows my mind on a daily basis, but that's the game. It brings to mind, you know, there's, there's a book that I read is formation for the book that I wrote and it's by Parker Palmer. And I can't remember the name of it, but any one of us could read it in, in probably less than an hour. And uh, he was a Quaker, or is a Quaker by faith tradition. I don't know anything about, about Quaker, but um, they have this expression, way open, way closed. Our expression in Western culture is one door closes, another one opens, which we're all familiar with. And it's a little bit about what you're talking about, David. Um, and so this, Parker went before the, the team of elders, which you can do if you're a Quaker when you're lost. And there's a panel of eight of them or something. And, and he, he was saying to the elder that I, I, I just don't know which way to go. All these doors keep closing in my face and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so the elder spoke up and said, in my whole life, never once has way opened for me. But often way has been way has closed. And then she smiled. What she was saying really was that a, a closed door in front of you has the same effect as an open door. But in Western culture, we routinely stand in front of the closed door, berating and bemoaning the fact that the door is closed in front of us mm -hmm. and don't turn 180 degrees to see this vast expanse of possibility mm -hmm. that's in front of us now that we've simply changed our perspective. We are fascinating and ridiculously irritating creatures of habit. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Which, which sets, which allows us, which allows some of us to aspire for greatness yeah. and to set themselves apart, yeah. which I think in itself is wonderful. And that's, you know, there is, seems to be a push for all sorts of equality all over the globe. Um, some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. But on principle, the fact that we are all individuals, we all are here to serve a different purpose is the important thing, mm -hmm. right? Like we're not all here to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that is wholly missing as a conversation um people my age is that just because you you know you didn't do a or b or c it doesn't mean that e f and g are not valuable yeah right and it's uh finding your purpose i always equate to finding your own self-worth and value because mm -hmm. okay? if you're happy with whatever you've achieved then you've achieved your own version of greatness mm -hmm. and it, it's not for other people to look and go Oh, Richard's an author. I wish I was an author. Mm -hmm. But if you look truly inside yourself, would you ever really spend time writing a book? Mm -hmm. Like, I sure as heck wouldn't. But I love the fact that you did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I know an author, so that yeah, makes yeah. me sound cool. <laughs> totally. Right? Okay. Well, we're, we're all cooler for it, yeah. right, as a result. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because uh, 
uh, we we do that right we and in this world of social media it's now front and center all the time and so uh, we feel like we we should have that thing over there because they have it, and it seems kind of interesting. But not knowing anything about it, not understanding what's involved to to, to achieve it, um, and not actually doing anything about it either is the key piece. So, uh, if if you really want something, you're going to take the action to continue down that path uncertain of, of where it's going to take you, but you take the action. The problem with most people is much like the door. We're like, we're like wanting our finished book to like fall in our lap. Yeah. But that's not the game. That's absolutely not. And I, and I think one of the things I can say with certainty about being a parent is that is the thing that I'm most conscious of mm-hmm. is that the pressure of social media but I think social media can be wonderful, even in these kind of things that we would. It's powerful. Silly. It is very powerful. But if you look at a guy like a Floyd Mayweather who sits there and poses with his money all the time, <laughs> you know, and people are like, oh, "I wish I had that much money." Sure, but were you also willing to be poor, to be homeless, to be beaten up all mm-hmm. the time, um, to go and train in the gym, to do what he does? So, him and I are never going to be buddies. I got a lot of things I don't like about him. Mm-hmm. But like anybody, any actor, anybody. Um, anybody famous, any celebrity who's got something, there was some work involved. I realize the Instagram model argument may be a little bit slim, but it, it causes, it, as long as people are caused to understand that nothing is going to fall in your lap, as you said, mm-hmm. right? If you think about how many hours you spent writing that book, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you put in. Nobody sits down and writes a book in 10 minutes and is a, is a bestseller, right? Right. So how much effort you put into that, that's the important part. That was the journey. Yes. Whether yes. I like the book, Dave likes the book, who cares? Yeah. Right? It was you did it because mm-hmm. you felt that that was your purpose to put that out there, mm-hmm. right? And if you look at the number of people that will be helped, even incrementally, by spending these times with you, like I think about myself, mm-hmm. and how much time, how many people I think I've said, you better go talk to Richard, right? Um, just for those 15 or 30 minutes that we spent having a coffee, mm-hmm. that means, uh, you know, how much how much you've changed that person's day or in the course of their life just by doing what you feel is finding your purpose, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I actually think what's what you've done in the last three to four years has probably meant more to people than probably what you did up until then. Oh, thank you. you. Know? Well, as long as you take it as a compliment. I do. <laughs> but getting out of the corporate yeah. environment yeah. and doing what you've done, mm-hmm. um, you're helping people change themselves, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of those little sayings, right? All these little, little things will eventually change the world, right? Yeah. So. Well said. Cool. Damn. It's like Thank he's, you. he almost knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that was great. So that's uh, that's where we're gonna put it at because I'm clear I could open this dialogue even more, and and mm-hmm. you'd just go off on a tangent, and it would be a really good tangent. Good thing, okay, yeah. It, it is yeah. a good thing, yeah. and we're gonna save that for a day on purpose. Awesome. So thank you so much for for spending the time, for making the time to come out here and, and jam with us on the mics. A day on purpose is coming in January here in Calgary. It's bringing together a fantastic community of speakers and presenters, people like you and me at various stages of uncovering their own purpose. It will be a day of stories and discovery that will work to make a very high level and at times hard to understand topic relatable and uncomplicated. Stay tuned, you won't wanna miss this insight.